going to talk about both this morning and tonight, uh, the topic at the cross. And I'm going to show you some things from the cross that it is highly probable. That's yours? Okay. It's highly probable that in the current world in which we live, the, uh, the thing that happened at the cross has not been understood um, and maybe not purported in the hearing of um, the church in the way that it must be understood in order for us to come into um, the reality of how we force a forged relationship between us and God. So next week, I'll be talking about after the cross. And that's got dynamic implications that once we understand it, we can see how the cross was the beginning of a forged relationship between man and God. Let's look at the scripture. Stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. We'll read two openings this morning. Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5 and Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. So read it with me. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. And then Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love. Did you see that? But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, Father, we thank you for the word of God today. We pray that you'll open our eyes, that we can see in our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. Then that we can apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Now, Father, we yield ourselves, sanctify ourselves, and surrender ourselves to the word of God and to the words of God that comes from the throne room of God where our man in the Godhead is speaking through the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit ministers to us today, may we share with your people precisely what you're saying, precisely what the Word of God is showing us, so that we can have the interaction of the throne room of God directed into our hearts right now. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord and our God, amen and amen, and you may be seated. We're beginning to look at what happened at the cross. Now, I want to tell you that there is a dynamic that has happened at the cross that our world and the teaching of the gospel in our world today um, may not be quite purporting, uh, may not be quite sharing in the truth of what actually happened there. So it's a topic that's been taught from many different angles uh, concerning the cross. There are doctrines and churches that are built on all about the cross. As a matter of fact, the cross is the central theme of everything that happens in the church world. The question is, is what happened at the cross being expressed to us under the idea for which it was developed, created, 
and brought into being? Is the event coming to us in the way that it was meant to be brought? That's the question. We're going to look into the specifics to find out what spiritual event occurred that would cause, now get this because this is a big statement, that would cause man to be redeemed, restored, and reconciled to God. Now I want to go back and look at uh, 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 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. And the Lord direct your hearts into what? The love. Of who? Of God. Romans 5, 8. But God did what? Commendeth His love towards us. That is a major statement, my friends, because what happened at the cross was the love of God extended. What happened at the cross was that God extended Himself to mankind under the expression of love. Now, we look at the cross and we see the cross in many different ideas. Some people think everything's in the cross. Some people think that there's nothing beyond the cross. Some people think that the love of God extended from the cross, once believed, is everything and anything that you will ever need. You have to do nothing. You don't have to live any kind of way. Your lifestyle doesn't have to be impacted by it. Nothing has to change because the love of God was extended to you in the cross. That's all you'll ever need. You'll just need to live by the love of God. It's free grace, if you will. The love of God will take care of everything. You can have everything. You can have anything and everything God wants because Jesus died on the cross for you to have it. Well, the reality is that what happened at the cross is the expression of the love of God being given to mankind. Paul told the Thessalonians that the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God which was commended to you in that while you were yet in sin, God did something for you that you could not do for yourself. At the cross, the blood was shed, not for any other reason than because the God of love sent His gift of love in the person of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ died so that the gift of love could be extended into the world and that man could understand that in that gift was the love of God extended. The expression of God was extended to mankind. Now, this single event has reached throughout the ages. There's no question about that. It is going into every culture, it's going into every society, and it's going into every nation. However, unfortunately, what happened as the cross has not solved the problems of man. Did you hear what I said? What happened at the cross has not solved the problems of man. 
And the reason, why would that be, Pastor? Why would the love of God extended to mankind in Jesus Christ who commended His love to us in the while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why would that love not be enough to settle everything and solve every evil heart and calm every fear and drive away all of the things that man uses and needs to satisfy himself and it has the, the things that make man self-centered. Why? When you think about it, then the love of God has not been structured to solve everything. If it were structured that way, the mankind would have all turned to the cross. But it wasn't structured that way. It was structured so that love would be released. Love would be given. The love of God would be exposed. Now, why did Jesus come into the world? Jesus came into the world to show you the Father. What happened at the three? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he did what? Gave his only begotten son. For God did what? Love the world. Jesus came to die to expose what and who the Father was in regards to His love for man. It did not dictate that man would love Him back. Somebody said to me the other day, I found the woman I want to marry. I said, that's great. I thought coming next would be now whenever we get ready uh, to get married, Pastor, will you, will you, do, the, will you do the marriage? It, it, we, we would love to have you do the marriage. We've heard that you do nice marriages, and we want you to do that marriage for us whenever we're ready. I found her, and, and bless God, it's going to be a glorious thing. And so I waited for him to make that next comment, and then he said this to me. He said, now all I got to do is get her to want to marry me back. I said, excuse me? He said, I found the woman I want to marry. Now all I got to do is get her to want to marry me back. Well, that's what happened in the cross. See, the cross exposed the love of God. The cross exposed how God felt about man. He felt about man so much that he exposed to them in Jesus Christ while they and we were in sin that I'm willing to love you so much to give you, now watch now, a remedy. I'm willing to buy you back. That does not presuppose that man is going to accept and love him back. Think about what I just said now. That does not presuppose that man was going to love him. God gave Jesus Christ to die at the cross regardless of whether man, woman, boy, or girl would love him back. That is what happened at the cross. That is what is extended at the cross. That is what is given into the world. 
not the presupposition that because he gave Jesus that you, me, or anybody else would ever love him back. He loved you enough to give with you being in a free will condition to be able to choose whether you would love him back or not. Huh. Doesn't that change the cross just a little bit? Because we want to tell people that because God loves you, all you have to do is say, I believe. And you can live now under the free pardon of your sin. We want to tell people that God is so deeply in love with you that the sacrifice that he made trumps all of your sin, all of your foolishness, all of your selfishness, all of your lust, all of your pride. So don't worry about it. All you have to do is say it. And God loves you that much. The cross does not operate that way. At the cross, he was given in spite of your sin. There is no presupposition on the part of God that because Jesus went to Calvary that evil, every man who is steeped in evil was going to come to the belief in that love. There is no presupposition that every man that comes to the knowledge that Jesus died is going to accept the conviction and the convincing of the Holy Spirit and the love of God is going to transform their lives. It will happen, but there is no presupposition of it because at the cross what was done was the divine opportunity to redeem a man who would believe to restore a man who would believe, to make a man able to know God who would want to know him back. Huh. Isn't that something? Isn't that something that God would send Jesus knowing that you had the opportunity not to love him back? knowing that you had the opportunity to continue to choose sin, wrong, lust, pride, selfishness, and self-centeredness, and not love him back. What a God. What a God who would say to you, in spite of yourself, in spite of what sin has made of you, I will sacrifice a Savior who will shed holy blood into an earth that has rejected him and shed that blood so that you can experience by your choice, your divine will being given over to me, the love of God. What a God, huh? Well, that's what happened at the cross. Let's look further. Jesus speaking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 7. Now we've looked at this scripture and taught this scripture for years. I'm going to show you some things in this scripture you didn't know. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see. He cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter in. Enter, enter. Now the first time he said he couldn't see. The second time he said he couldn't enter into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And marvel not that I said this unto you. You must be born again. Now, we're looking into what transpired at the cross. Nicodemus was a man who was a teacher of Israel. He knew the Word of God. He knew what the prophets said, but he did not understand what Jesus was telling him. And we as a global church have never understood the cross. Because if we did, we would not speak in terms of tolerance. We would not speak in terms of acceptance. We would not speak in terms of everybody's going to heaven. We would not talk about evil and hellions as if they were going to get up one morning, die, and God was going to look at their evil and their hell and look at the holiness of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that came from His love and say, you're going to heaven. I'll see you in heaven. You'll be playing music in heaven. You'll be singing in heaven. The drummer will be in heaven. The hellion will be with God because we have told him that the love of God is greater than his sin and it is, but it is not greater than his will. It's not greater than your will, friend. The love of God is great. The love of God is his personality, but it is not greater than your sin. He came to redeem you. He came to restore you. He came to show you His love and what you could have. But to purport that the love of God is out here in a world accepting everything that is foolish, everything that is folly, Everything that throws in his face evil and sin is a bald-faced lie from the pits of hell. God's love is a transforming love. It is a healing love. It is a delivering love. It is a sanctifying love. It is a holy love. It is a divine love. It is a love that comes from his personality. And it is a love that eliminates the sin and causes a man to be perfect in the eyes of God. That's what the cross is all about. That's what the cross is showing us. Now, Jesus tells Nicodemus of an experience that was coming. What did he say about that experience? He said, the things that are fleshly are fleshly. The things that are of the Spirit are of the Spirit. Now, we've looked at that all of our lives, and we've talked about the born-again experience, and we never realized that Jesus is telling Nicodemus not about the born-again experience, but about himself. Huh? Well, wait a minute. Jesus is talking about the born-again experience, isn't he? Jesus is talking about himself. He's saying to him, do you remember, Nicodemus, you were a teacher? This is why we have kind of gotten the cross out of whack. You're a teacher, but you don't know the Word of God. Jesus goes on to tell Nicodemus, you know, I speak of the things I know. 
I speak of the things I know. I can't tell you about heavenly things because I can't get your eyes off of fleshly things. Nicodemus said, we know you're a man sent from God and you're a teacher because no one could do the miracles you do unless he was sent from God. And Jesus begins to talk to him about things that are flesh and things that are spirit. He begins to tell him about things that are flesh and things that are spirit because the Bible in prophecy said that Jesus Christ would be born of what? He would be born of a virgin. The Bible said in Psalms chapter 2 that the very Jesus we're talking about referred to God as, as, as him being the Son of God. So Jesus has now told him, you're talking about things that are in your understanding, but you should have known the Scripture. Because the Scripture says, I was born of a woman. And the Scripture says that not only was I born of a woman, but God was my Father. I can't tell you about heavenly things because you don't understand fleshly things. I show you fleshly things about my birth. You don't understand it. So how in the world are you ever going to understand the depth of the Spirit? Paul is saying to Nicodemus, yes, you must be born again, but in order to be born again, you're going to have to be born again like I was. You're going to have to be born again out of the flesh, by the water, but then by the Spirit. See, we don't understand the love of God in that regard. What do you mean, Pastor? Our concept of the love of God is a universal love. But Jesus said you have to be born of the Spirit. How are you going to be born of the Spirit, Pastor? That is where your part in the love force must be enacted. That is where your ability to love Him back must be enacted because the love of God as it stands will never be effective and effectual in any man, woman, boy, or girl who refuses to love God back. What does loving God back mean, Pastor? It means that I lay down my sin, my pride, my foolishness. It means I lay down the 17 works of the flesh. It means I lay down my lust. It means I lay down faulty thought life. It means I love Him too much to allow evil, to allow sin, to allow any demonic area of hidden sin in my life to any movement or action that I make. That's what love does. Love changes you. Love transforms you. It's the greatest, most powerful, most enduring, most life-transforming, changing aspect because it is his nature, Ricky. It is the nature of God that comes into a man and changes him. It transforms him. It takes him from the love of himself to loving God first. It takes him from the love of the life of sin to a love that loves God first. The love of God being recognized in the cross is a wonderful thing. Until it takes root in your heart. That's what he's telling Nicodemus. 
You can see the cross. You can see the flesh. But until the Spirit of God takes shape in your heart, the love of God, the purpose of the cross, what happened at the cross, the expression of the cross, what God shared to mankind concerning Himself is a wasted influence in our world today. Now I want you to see this and I want you to hear what I'm about to say. We've got a lot of people doing a lot of things. We've got a lot of people talking about what's evil and what's good. We've got a lot of people that think on one side of a spectrum that they've got God in their hand and on their side. We've got other people on another side thinking they've got God on their side. And neither side understands what it takes to live and walk in the love of God. Neither of them understand the sacrifice that was given at the cross of Calvary and the purpose for that giving. That giving was not so that you could say, I'm right and you're wrong. If you don't do what I say, you're wrong. You're not on God's side. You're not defending the gospel. You're not on the side of the cross if you don't go along with us. Because we believe that everybody should be tolerated, accepted for who they are because God made them that way. And if God made them that way, then everybody should be able to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, the way they want to do it, satisfy themselves. And what in the world does that hurt me? Then the other side said, no, 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 no. No, you can't do this and you can't do that. You can't live that way. The Bible doesn't teach God that way. But the truth of the matter is both sides are inaccurate. They're wrong. Why, pastor? Because they're not seeing what God did in Jesus Christ on the cross. The way to know whether God has accomplished what it is that He has, has meant to accomplish on the cross is if you love God enough to sacrifice yourself. Paul said, I die with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And not I live, but I live by the faith and the life that I live. I live by the faith of the Son of God. What does that mean? The love of God has transformed me. The love of God has changed me. The love of God has healed me. The love of God has brought me peace. The love of God has delivered me. The love of God has set me in heavenly places. The love of God has made me love God back. That's what happened at the cross. That's what happened at the cross. Whether we want to accept it, whether we want to believe it, whether we want to look at it and say, yeah, pastor, I see it. The love of God happened at the cross. And Jesus expressed it in the most commonly known and memorized verse in the entire Bible. And we don't understand it. For God so loved the world. For God so loved. He loved. That's what was expressed at the cross. His love to you was expressed. Not your love to Him. Not your love to Him. But Jesus went on to explain it. Now watch it now. Watch it now, and I'm going to tell you something. He said, for God so loved the world, that whosoever does what? Believeth. Believeth. What, what happens when you believe something? What happens when you believe something? Well, let me tell you. I believe if I pick this book up and drop it, it's going to fall. And that happened. I believe that. 
I believe that whenever I pick this up, put it down, gravity is going to take it. To, I believe that. Now, I can't pick this up and say I believe with all my heart that when I set, take my hand off of this, it's going to stay there. Because gravity won't let it. We can believe a lot of things, my friend. But the truth of the matter is, we either have to believe it correctly, we have to live it correctly, we have to understand it correctly. And if we do, then we are expressing the appropriate understanding of what it is I'm believing in. So what am I believing in according to John 3.16? I'm believing that I'm receiving the love of God. Now, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. A belief changes you. A belief works in you so you operate differently. Just believing and saying I know God loves me doesn't do me one iota of good. Unless I'm willing to take his love and give my love back, there's, no, there's of, it's of none effect. I cannot say to the world, I'm right, you're wrong, you're wrong, because I tolerate, because I accept, because I believe some kind of way. I have to take the love of God and let it transform me. What did the Word of God say in Paul's writing in Colossians? He said in Colossians 1.16, For we have been brought out of darkness into the glorious kingdom of His dear Son. Now how are we going to get into a kingdom where God is? If we don't understand the love of God. How are we going to live where God is if we don't understand the love of God? Because what we have done effectively is we've thrown everything onto God. Now let me tell you this and I'm closing. Do you know what Israel did? Do you know what Israel did in the old covenant? They threw everything onto God. They threw everything onto God. God did it all. God was the one who housed them, fed them, kept shoes on their feet. They didn't get old. He delivered them. He brought them across the Red Sea. Everything was thrown over onto God. What did they do? They rebelled. They complained. To the point that God looked down at them, and if it wasn't for Moses, he would have destroyed them. But then Jeremiah 31 came along and said, I'm going to build a new covenant with you. They didn't want that. That's why Nicodemus didn't understand him. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't want to live under God in any other way. They liked the sacrifices because they could go kill an animal and the animal would take upon himself all of their responsibility and their accountability and then they could go back out and rebel and complain and live like the devil and then come back and give another sacrifice. That's a pretty neat way to live. Well, I want to tell you that's what's happened in our day today. We are living as if we are back under the law. We say it's all put on God. Everything about this life is put on God because he loves me. That was the way Israel lived. That was not the way that God made it in the cross. God made a way for you and me to have a personal relationship, a personal covenant with God that would be a better covenant. He said that in Jesus Christ, he was the author and finisher of our faith, and from him came a better covenant. What was it? It was your ability to know and live in the love of God and be personally accountable to stand before God and say how 
you have accessed and lived where his love was concerned. Otherwise, we're living under the law, not living under the grace of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand today, this love must be loved back. The cross must be acted upon. The cross must be accepted as a belief into your heart. That is the transforming and driving power that brings you into the forged relationship of his love for me and my love for him. That's the message of the cross. That's the message of the cross. If he loved me, I have to love him back. What does that look like, Pastor? I shun sin. I think on things that bring me to the knowledge of his love. I live in the love of God. I live in the love of God. I accept his grace. I accept all that he's done in grace and mercy. But I love him so much that what I want to do is reflect who he is. I love him so much that I want to live in that love as peace, as joy, as the spirit of truth, and as the glory of God. Now the question today is, are you understanding that love until it transforms you? Are you understanding that love until it transforms you? Until it changes the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act, the places you go, the things you do, the people you interact with. Now, I know for a fact the world doesn't understand love. How do you know that, Pastor? Because we're over 60% divorce in this society. So that means we don't understand love. We see love in the flesh, but we don't understand love. Now, if we can't understand interpersonal love, we probably don't understand the love of God because we don't recognize the commitment that it takes to make the cross effective and effectual in our life. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the love of God. I pray that you'll open our eyes so that we can see the word of truth. That we can know what happened at the cross. And because we know what happens at the cross, we can understand the commitment of love that you made to us must be met with a love that flows from us to you. That your love and our love forged together causes us to shun evil, to turn from sin, to bring a peace relationship, not to live under the law that has the ability to complain, to rebel, to live like we want to, and then come back and make a sacrifice and everything's okay. But to live in the new covenant where there is a personal relationship 
a personal ability to have access, a personal ability to know, to know you in the perfection of your love and then perfect my love so that we can forge a relationship that allows me to traverse and navigate this world in peace, joy, the spirit of truth, and the glory that Jesus has given us. Father, we receive it today. Stand with me and raise your hands. Father, we receive your love, and we now praise you and give our love back to you. We lift our hands to give our love back to you. We lift our hands, Father, to give from our heart the praise of sacrifice of our love for your love. Our love for your love. You commended your love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, Father, Paul said that we could be directed into the love of God. What I've done today, Father, is to direct your people into the love of God. That we could wait patiently because of that love on Christ. So as we stand and lift our hands, we ask the presence of love to come from heaven and bathe us. We ask the presence of our love to come from our inner self and out of our soul and minister to you. Minister to you in truth. Minister to you in praise. Minister to you the depth of our commitment to be a servant that becomes a friend, to be a warrior and a soldier that doesn't entangle ourselves with the cares of this life, but operates in a bond of love that becomes a bond of perfection. Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. We honor you. We give you glory. You are our God. We love you. We praise you. And we honor you today. For all that love expresses to us. For we know that if we believe in love, our life changes. Because that love changes our very function of thought, direction of spirit. We worship you today. We honor you and thank you. While you continue to praise a moment, let me speak to those of you that are on YouTube and all of the media outreaches. If you don't know the love of God today, I challenge you today to make Jesus Christ your Lord. Come to Him. Find His love. Then match your love with Him. And when you do, the life that you now live will be lived by the faith of the Son of God. And it will transform you. The love of God will transform you. It won't cause you to stay the same. It won't allow you to stay the same. It was never meant to allow, to allow that. It was meant to change you into the image of His Son. To change you into showing the world the love of God. Because you have become the love of God in action. Won't you take Him today? Pray after me. Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner, but I hear about love, and I want to be loved. 
I hear about love and I want to give love. I want to give love to something I can depend on. I want to give love to something that will be faithful to me. I want to give love to something that will be trustworthy. I want to give love to you and I want to receive love from you. I want you to transform me by the power of love. I want you to make me into what would be acceptable in your sight. Now by your love, I'll give you my love as I'm being saved by what you did in expressing your love for me at Calvary. I take it. I believe it. And I'm saved. Now if you've prayed that prayer today, you have a new life to live. Because you understand two critical elements. Number one, He has expressed His love to you. In order for that love to work, you must love Him back. Your life must reflect that. His love is always expressed in the cross. But you have expressed your love back to Him, and in so doing, He has forgiven you. Let your life reflect the love of God in you and your love for God. And if you do, the transforming love of God and your love will move mountains on your behalf. Life will change and the joy, the peace, the spirit of truth and the glory of God will manifest in your life. May God richly bless you is my prayer. Come back and be with us again. Be with us at 6 p.m. tonight if you can, where we'll finish this message. May God reach and may you reach to God. Father, bless those that have been with us this morning. I pray the same thing for them. May they reach to your love and may your love reach to them. And may the magnetic force of love All of that we give you praise in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord and God. Amen and amen. God bless you.